Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 22nd of May 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me, my name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Richard continued our series looking at key truths, with demolishing strongholds. The reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, so we'll join Richard as he's introducing the service. Good morning, good morning, here we go. I get lighter and lighter. Good morning, welcome to Minehead Baptist Church on this Sunday morning. It's lovely to see you all here. Uh, My name is Richard and I'm one of the ministers here and if you're a visitor you're very welcome. Just a few notices as we begin. Don't adjust your eyesight, you will see I'm holding a flower. There is a reason behind it. Uh, It's this tube it's in, which I'm told is a Sterodent tube. Uh, Owen uh, McLaren has asked, if anyone has any, could they please uh, get them to her? Um, Because this is the Sterodent. What about? I'm being heckled for for my pronunciation, I think. Uh, The tube. The tube she wants, Debbie. Yes, the tube. Uh, So if you have any, uh, please get in touch with Owen uh, to pass them out, because this is the aim for the Jubilee... uh, flower display. Right, I'll put that down before I drop it somewhere. And just a reminder that uh, it's John Langdon's uh, funeral here on Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. And please do uh, come and celebrate the life of John with us. Uh, The rest of the notices you'll find on the notice sheet, whether you receive it online or in paper. And if you'd like to receive it online, Uh, Via email, please get in touch with the church office. But as we come this morning, shall we pray? Father, we come this morning as your people, as followers of you. Father, we pray now that as we come to this time, we would focus on you. That all the problems... All the thoughts in our minds that distract us would pale into insignificance compared to you as we come to worship you. Help us, Lord, to focus on you. Help us, Lord, to turn our eyes to you. Father, we pray that you would speak in this place this morning. Amen. We've come to worship this morning, but I'm wondering if I could invite you to shout out the top ten reasons why we come to worship God. Go on. Especially young people, why do we come to worship God? He is Lord. Because he loves us. He's worthy. He's our creator. Our father. Pardon? He saved us. Our six, four more. He's coming back. Well done, yes. Because we like it. Because we like to worship, because it's good fun, yes. Brilliant, okay. Well, our first song this morning, I want you to please stand with me. Well, I can't stand, but you can. Um, please stand, we're going to sing, Come, Come, People. Of the risen King, we did like. But before we do that, there's a, there's, there's actually a, there's a slide. I just wanted to to share in these these words, um, some some responses. Have you got that ready, Simon? 
Simon's lost it. Don't matter. We'll, we'll do it after the song, Simon. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, it's here it is. Okay. You'd like to say to me, uh, or say with, with me in, in the bold print. Okay. God in Christ has revealed his glory. Come, Come let, let us, us worship. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the, the Lord's, Lord's name is to be praised. Give him praise, you servants of the Lord. Oh, praise, praise the, the name of the Lord. Can someone come get me the defib? <laughs> My goodness. Did you add a few more verses there, Steve? Have <laughs> uh, oh, you got a good, good life insurance? Oh, <laughs> Sally was checking that yesterday for life insurance. We're okay. Right, is everyone okay? Have you had a good week? Brilliant. I've had a great week. All right. I had a ball on Friday night. All right. No, not... not I had a ball, literally a winter ball, right? It was supposed to be in the winter, but Storm Eunice cancelled it, all right? So we had it last Friday. Oh, it was a good night. So thank you all at the Hub that let us do it. I hope it wasn't too bad on the Saturday morning, all right? Okay, but it was good. Yeah, we've had a good week. Have a think back. What was your week like? What were the highlights? What were the good things that you did? And did you say thank you? Did you say thank you to the people who made them happen? Did you say thank you to God for letting you experience those good things? Okay, it's got nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about today. All right? Okay, who's got a torch? <coughs> Have you got it with you? Oh, what if the lights go out? All right? Who's got a radio? Have you got it with you? All right, what if you want to listen to some music? All right. Who's got their remote control? Right. Have you got it with you? Have you? Can I, can I see it? Right. Here. Oh, lovely. All right. What if you wait to watch some telly? There's no point having these things, is there, if you haven't got them with you? And what do these things all take? Batteries. So I've got the batteries, all right? That one is for my torch, okay, but I've got no torch. Those two are for a little transistor radio, but I've not got the transistor radio. And hang on a minute. There should be another one. Oh, there it is. That one's for my remote control on my telly, okay? These batteries have the power to make my radio, my torch, and my remote control for my telly work. And do you know what? They won't make anything work if they're just in my hand or in my pocket. They're not going to work, are they? You've got to put them into the actual thing to make them work. Well, God's word is like a battery. God's word is just like a battery. God's given us the Bible... And he's given us all the things that we need to make our life work. 
But if we don't open it and read it, it's not going to happen. The same way my torch won't light up the sky if I don't put the batteries in, my life will not light up with God's power and presence if I don't read his word. God is a strong tower. God has made mighty things happen before, now, and will do in the future. And God will make mighty things happen for you in your life. But if you don't read his word and get connected, it's not going to happen. So let's pray. Lord, this morning, give us the umph to open up your Bible, to open up your word and to inwardly digest the words that you want us to hear. Give us the places to go so we can find out about your word. Give us the people beside us who can explain it to us. And Lord, most of all, give us time to sit, to pray, and to think about what you're saying to us. And we say this in your name, Lord. Amen. Okay. Is there another song before we go out? There is. There is, I thought so. We want to see Jesus lifted high, amen? We're going to be looking at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in a few moments, uh, which is all about, it's a passage about defending our faith, about keeping our honesty and integrity, against which strongholds will come tumbling down. Strong, maybe some of you have had strongholds this week to deal with. Strongholds of falsehood, strongholds of, of battles you may have in situations. And you think, how can this be happening? It just seems like something is, is wrong here. Something supernatural almost at work that's fighting against me. Well, I think Richard might be talking about that later on this morning. But this is a song that says, strongholds will come tumbling down as we pray. Okay, let's stand. Oh, oh dear, get, get in the right key, Stephen. <laughs> Please, please join us in prayer. Firstly, Lord, we would like to pray for the continued conflict in Ukraine. We pray for wisdom for world leaders in finding the fastest possible solution to ceasefire, to stop the bloodshed, stop the death and destruction. We pray as well for those taken captive on both mm -hmm. sides, those in captivity. We pray for your spirit to work on the military police, the guards, those who are holding them captive, that you would soften their hearts towards these prisoners and that they would be well treated. We pray, of course, through the conflict that your spirit is at work and we pray for those organizations taking Bibles into Ukraine, taking God's word to the communities in that country and we pray for your power to work to reveal yourself to, to those who've not, maybe not heard, heard of you before, maybe not heard your word before. We pray that you can reach new hearts, new lives with this work. And of course, this 
Uh, we're told as Christians that we, the warfare that we're engaged in is spiritual warfare, and this is around us everywhere, all the time. Not just in manifesting in physical conflicts like this, but it's the metaphysical. We pray for, in this country, the organizations and charities who are working within the secular society to um, bring God's moral truth and uh, to light. We pray for Christian concern and Christian Institute, the the legal teams and the policy teams who are engaging with both government and with activists. We pray that as these as these warriors of Christ put on the armor of God, that they are the, your spirit will give them the endurance yes. that they that they need. They uh, put themselves at risk through uh, and their families at risk sometimes from from some of the activists that they need to deal with, and we pray for your protection mm. over these. These, uh, these individuals and their families and we pray for the continued work that they are doing to speak truth into the darkness we also pray for the situation in north Nigeria um, just a few days ago a Christian young lady was dragged from her hostel and stoned to death by Muslims in the north of the country um, today, the Nigerian Christian Association or the Christian Association of Nigeria is looking to arrange a peaceful protest. We pray for your spirit over all of those who will be marching and coming out today in a hostile environment. We pray that you, the spirit of peace that you are able to give them will reveal your, yourself and your nature to those around them. And we pray that the, the march goes ahead without trouble and that the concerns can be heard and that the authorities can, within the rule of the law, um, punish those who've, who've committed a crime and bring justice to the family involved. And for a personal um, prayer, uh, we have a dear friend who we've become really good friends with over recent weeks who is not a Christian but she's really searching and um, again we talk of this spiritual warfare and this friend she um, unknowingly was putting herself at spiritual risk through uh, searching for spiritual completeness but in the wrong sources it was through things like Wicca, white magic, uh, new age kind of practices and, and um, things like that which would invite spiritual attack. And she actually came through the Lord's promptings and I believe the Holy Spirit was weighing on her heart. And she actually said that she needed to get rid of these things. Um, and so this week... On Wednesday, we burnt all her books and tarot cards and everything to do with that. And it was such a wonderful God-given moment as well. And truly felt the Holy Spirit protecting us. There was no attack at the time, even though we were 
doing this act and also a victory, you know, we had a, a wet fire and yet they burned really well and were gone and she was released and it was a wonderful thing to see and I pray for this lady that she will come to know you Lord in a true sense, know your true love for her and that she has so much uh, wonderful blessings in store from you and I pray that this be a new beginning for her and her family and everybody that she has contact with. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. When we're in a, not, just, not just when we're in a battle, defending our faith, or dealing with situations, do we need God's strength and power, but sometimes we just need to rely on him when we're going through times of personal grief and I know that there are those among us today who are suffering personal loss and you just lift those to the Lord as well in all these situations where we rely on God we need to wait and rest so I'm going to invite you to remain seated as we sing strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord we will wait upon the Lord we will wait because our hope our strong deliverance is in him and him alone Corinthians chapter 10. Now I, Paul, appeal to you with all gentleness and kindness in Christ. Though I realize you think I'm timid in person and bold only when I write from far away, well, I'm begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think. We act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say that they belong to Christ must recognise that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the, author, about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It does not tear you down. So will I not be ashamed of using my authority? I'm not trying to frighten you by my letters, for some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful. 
but in person, who is weak, and his speeches are worthless. Those people should realise that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far away. Oh, don't worry, we wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as those other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We are not reaching beyond those boundaries when we claim authority over you, as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel in all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast or claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow and that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places, far beyond you, where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. As the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count so much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, Barry. So if you've read the notice sheet or read the title of today, you'll see a title that says Demolishing Strongholds. First off, well done for reading the notices. You can have a point for that. But we are looking at our strongholds today. It's already been mentioned. We've sang about it, even. And we are, I hope, at least vaguely familiar with the idea of a stronghold in the world today. I suspect we might most naturally think of a castle. We can all picture them, I'm sure. We have our very own down the road in Dunster, up on the hill, looking lovely. Well, it has to be said now, I think it would be a bit easier to take than it was originally. Had a bit of work done in the 19th century to make it look nice. They did originally serve a purpose, quite an important one. Wikipedia tells me that the hill on which it stands has been fortified in one form or another since at least Anglo-Saxon times. So a few years then really took on prominence when the Normans came to England in 1066 and built castles everywhere, didn't they? Those of you who know their history, it was their form of oppression, their form of control. The castles were designed to be impregnable, difficult to, not impossible to take, but to control those under their view. And in this passage, Paul writes of the strongholds, against the strongholds that we build up in our own lives. 
And in this instance, strongholds that are made up of faulty beliefs. I'm not talking about the things that you have believed just since yesterday. But things that have built up and up and up in your life. Reinforced over years and years. Constant repetition being told to you. Nor am I just talking about faulty beliefs about God's, whether your doctrine is quite there. But sitting at the part of this conversation, our beliefs are the beliefs that we have about ourselves. Beliefs that might go something like this. You're a failure. You're useless. You're ugly. It's all your fault. I couldn't ever possibly do that. The list could go on and on, I'm sure. A list that is personal to each one of us. I know how easily these lies in our lives can build up. All it takes is someone to say something to you, perhaps even in jest. And then the devil strikes. And he strikes hard. He might send someone else to really force home the point or reiterate the point. Reinforce it. Slowly and surely we begin to believe what we've been told the world doesn't help either. But the world has its own ideas of what makes us happy or successful or loved. Lies that blind us to the truth and draw us in and control our lives. And these ideas build and build and build and get stronger and stronger. Until they begin to affect how we behave and what we do. We begin to doubt what we actually are capable of. Because we believe the lies that are told to us. We might well think we could never do something. When the very opposite is true. All things are possible through Christ How do I know these doubts we have about ourselves are untrue? Quite simply, because we're all children of God's. So how can we ever be dirty or ugly or useless, whatever else it is that we think we are? No child of God should ever feel inferior, insecure or inadequate. It's not who we are. When we believe these lies, we act in a way that contradicts the very words that God gives us. And strongholds can take the, so, take the form of two different things. They can go one of two ways. When we know we should do something, but just can't seem to do so. Or the other way, when we, can't, when we do something we know we shouldn't be doing, And can't seem to stop. 
strongholds get in the way of our walk with God. There's all sorts of different ways that these things take hold in our lives. We might have had an event when we were younger that shapes how if we're a fight or a flighter or even an accommodator or all the different options you have when difficult situations come up. might lead us to believe that we can never stand up for ourselves. Or it might be a traumatic experience. Not itself the traumatic experience, but rather the lie that we tell ourselves as a result of it, that forms in our minds that we're not worthy. Yet we know these things are not true, don't we? I spoke last week of how we can be free in Christ, how we're set free. And we can find freedom from our strongholds that hold us back. Through recognising that each and every one of us is a child of God, set free. And that nothing anyone says or does can change that. It's good news, isn't it? We don't have to remain a victim of these lies any longer. Or we might build a a stronghold by giving in to a temptation. Spoke last week of a choice, didn't I? A choice to walk with God or give in to the desires of the flesh. It might be that we think, oh, once won't hurt. But think what happens when Satan successfully tempts us again. Just becomes that bit easier. Let me paint a picture of you for you. Think of a field. I'm sure we can do that. We'll probably look out the window and see some. What happens if you drive a car across it? I'm not talking just once or twice, but hundreds, thousands of times. If you follow the same line, same route, Something starts to happen. Ruts start forming, don't they? And they get deeper and deeper and deeper. Until you end up with some way, basically, you don't have to steer. Because you're held like rails pointing one way. They get deeper, deeper, deeper. Harder and harder to escape from. And this is what it looks like when we keep giving in to temptations. We get stuck in a rut, unable to change direction. There are, of course, two sides to this. If the habits we formed is a good one, the ruts are probably quite helpful. But if they're not, it leads in the opposite direction to God. leads away from God, and we just can't escape. The strongholds in our lives, the lies we've told ourselves time and time again and been told by the world time and time again lead us to believe we can never escape this rut, never change direction, never strike down the strongholds that bind us, that control us, that oppress us. This is not true. We read of it in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, how to demolish 
strongholds. In verse 4, verse 3 as well, we're reminded that we don't fight this battle as the world does. We don't need siege weapons and armies to bring down a stronghold. To tell you what, it's probably a good thing because it's quite difficult to take a castle with an army. Jesus has won the victory for us. Jesus has won the greatest battle the world will ever know. He's won the victory over sin. That has the power to demolish the strongholds that control our lives. The lies that lead us astray. Jesus has the power to demolish them. If only we let him. This is not a fight that will be won or lost with earthly power. It's a fight that's won through power and might of God. God wants us to be set free. Wants us to cast off the chains that bind us wants us to turn our back on the temptations that lead us astray, turn our back on a world that seeks to lead us astray. He wants us to fight for him, fight for the truth that we have from him. We're called to live godly lives and he equips us to do so. When we're filled by the spirit, we know who We're fighting for. We're empowered to turn our backs on sin. Turn our backs on the lies of the world. But we have to accept something when it comes down to it. We have to take responsibility for our own actions. No one else can control what we do. We can't blame others. We can't blame God. We have to do what God asks us to do. In verses 5 and 6, we read, We demolish arguments. We take captive. We will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. We do each of these things, don't we? It requires an action on our own part. There's a challenge, isn't it? We must take every thought captive. We are required to accept that we are in charge of what affects our minds and what we allow into them. It's so easy, isn't it, for the world to corrupt us. For thoughts to come, for us to watch something that isn't of God, read something, see something online. But we have to say no. We're in a battle between truth and lies. God and evil. We're seeking to replace the lies in our lives with the truth. And to do so requires us to recognize what are the lies in our own lives. What strongholds do we have in our own lives that hold us back, that control us, that oppress us? And I've got some news for you. I can't do that for you. 
That requires your own thoughts, your own prayers. I do have some tips for you, though. Don't worry. First, think about what you believe that goes against what we know is in the Bible. If it says clearly don't sue something in the Bible and you're doing it, it's probably a good place to start. Even as your brain might tell you that that it's all right to do, that's the truth. It's fine. There is the lie that needs to be struck down. If it contradicts God's word, how can it be the truth? Then work out what effect that lie has on your life. What it leads you to do. And then think about if you got rid of that lie, that stronghold. What would you be able to do that you can't currently? What would it set you free to do? When we've worked out the lie, work out the truth. Work out what God actually wants you to do. It will, I'm sure, take you some time to work out. May not happen overnight. I started by talking about castles. Most of you, I'm not sure, will be vaguely familiar with how you take a castle. You surround it and lay siege to it. We see an example even in Ukraine, don't we, of sieges, of cities. You cut off supplies to it. And the same is true of the strongholds in our own lives. The lies that rest in our minds. We have to cut them off from the things that feed them, that supply them. Keep them strong. Cut ourselves off from the temptations that lead us astray. But demolishing the strongholds in our lives isn't something that just happens by accident. Something that happens at the snap of a finger. It's not something that happens all that easily. It's something that requires us to react. Cast off the lies that bind us. Recognize that we are children of God, loved by him, made in his image, set free by him. That's the truth we have. That's what sets us free. That's what breaks the lies in our lives. Because Jesus has won the victory that we need to demolish the lies in our lives. We have only to take hold of the opportunity he gives. No earthly power can do that. No earthly power can destroy the strongholds in our lives. They can build them, definitely. But the heavenly power of Christ overwhelms them. So a plea, maybe even an instruction from me this morning. Don't give in to the lies the world tells you. Don't give in to the lies you hear from others. That you're not worthy. That you're useless. That you couldn't possibly do something. They're not true. 
break down the strongholds that live in your own minds and hearts. Encouragement of some words that you may find helpful, may be helpful as you think through. And it goes simply this. May be helpful for you to verbally say it, to commit to it. The first line goes, I renounce the lie that, insert stronghold, lie here. And I announce the truth that. Where are the strongholds in your life? Where are the lies that bind you? I encourage you to remember that Christ breaks down all these things when we ask him. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you have won the great victory in your son Jesus. Father, we thank you that in you all things are possible. All the lies, the deceit, the things the world tell us are broken down. Shown to be nothing more than lies. That in you, Lord, is the truth. Father, we pray that each of us would look into our own lives and see what it strongholds, what lies, what deceits we've told ourselves. And renounce them, Lord. Renounce them in favour of the truth that you bring. Father, yours is the victory. Help us to fight for you, we pray. Amen. And I think we're going to sing now. I'm going to take up the offering as well. Uh, if you are a visitor, please don't feel obliged uh, to give anything. It is for the work of this church. We're just going to be quiet just for a minute because um, I really feel that this word is, um, is very apt for nowadays. So many people are, are struck by different strongholds that are within their lives. And if, if you feel that that word has spoken to you this morning, then I know something has happened to me in the last couple of weeks where just confession to somebody, somebody who you really trust in the Lord, and having them pray and support you through something. If God is saying it to you, act upon it. So if we just be quiet, just for a minute, search your hearts. Let God search your heart. And if you feel that there's something that is clinging to you and that you cannot seem to get rid of, then I encourage and urge you this morning to speak to somebody who you love in the Lord, who you know in the Lord, who will come alongside you and pray with you because prayer will break these chains.
Thank you, Lord. I'd like to stand. I'm going to ask our God, our great Jehovah, to guide us. pray. Father, we thank you for your words and that we're free to worship you. Father, we thank you for your, our worship to you in our offering to you. And Father, we pray that we would put them to your work. Amen. A reminder, someone's just reminded me, it's church meeting on Tuesday. Uh, that's a proper excitement, wasn't it? There you go. Uh, and just to remind, we uh, encourage you to come if you are a church member. Uh, reminder, because we do have to make quorum. Uh, so last time we didn't make our quorum. So we couldn't actually decide anything. So if you are a church member, please do uh, make your best effort to be there. That would be lovely. And we'll finish with a blessing from Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening and I'll speak to you soon.